you like movies that I'm here to say, then this is the show for you, okay? It's called the best movie to a Jimmy Allen tone, so don't touch that dial, turn off your phone. Grab a sweet song, mix up popping corn, from Rosebud to Laughter to Jason Bourne, Meryl Streep to Kirk Russell to Dennis Hopper, and don't forget, y'all. This is the Uh, I've got to do. I've got to do the introduction first, which instead of instead of actually recording just one introduction that I can play each week. Stupidly, I haven't done it yet, so I still have to say what the podcast is about and do podcast voice. Are you ready, Jamie Finn? I'm, absolutely. It's Sunday morning. Right. Let's go. Let's do it. Hello and welcome to the Best Movie Two Pod, the podcast that tells you what movie to watch in any given situation. And the question we're answering this week is: What is the best movie? to inspire a romantic gesture my god that was amazing i'm so happy with that we'll end the pod now but i think i think it was beautiful jamie finn how are you i'm very well thank you i'm very excited to be talking about romantic gestures it's something that yeah I, just two lads two lads on sunday morning talking about romantic gestures i i don't think i would spend sundays any different to be honest yeah i mean sunday, sunday's got to be the most romantic day right you, you know you wake up with your partner you you cheated on them the night before, but you managed to get in early enough that they haven't woke up. You wipe, wipe the glitter off your body and you go for a brunch. Lovely. That's exactly, I mean, that's how my Sunday's going. I think Sundays are deeply romantic. Romantic walks in the park. Platons. Yeah, there's no responsibilities on a Sunday, I think. You know. Do you get, do you still, I used to have it more at school, but now I have it again, I think as adults. Uh the Sunday dread. So it gets to about one o'clock and I, I realise that I'm not half the person I wanted to be. <laughs> uh, so Sundays are always ruined about lunchtime or just after lunch. No, well, I, from from school days, I used to get the 7pm, uh, oh, fuck, the week starts. Yeah. There's a week next week and it's going to be awful. I haven't done my homework or I haven't done my, my office work. Uh, luckily... As comedians, it's like, oh, I haven't written new jokes for tomorrow. I'll just use old jokes. That's okay. And then the years go by, and you're like, well, well, well I'm saying the same thing, or I'm like, <laughs> the same, the same fucking song over and over. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, I should probably, I should probably introduce you properly. This is Jamie Finn, uh, musical comedian and also proper comedian, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you, you write about relationships, don't you? So that's that's why I thought you'd be best to come on. Well, I do. You're open to discussion romance, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, I think that's that was the basis of all, all, most of my work, to be honest. Where I think it's like, um, I quite like the idea of love, and especially like you know this this. I, but I love writing about romance, but I really hate Valentine's Day. I don't know what it is. I never really like to partake in it. Mm, I'm not a big fan. I've only been in a relationship, I think, twice on a Valentine's Day, and I'm normally pretty romantic anyway, so I don't like something. For me, it's like Guinness on St. Patrick's Day, where I'm like, I'll not have someone tell me to drink Guinness because I yeah. drink Guinness. Yeah, I, 100%. And I also find, yeah, exactly. It's someone being forced to feel romantic and loving. Uh, and I did enjoy, I think as a single person, I really enjoyed Valentine's Day because I, I felt like it was... Um, Shagger. I, yeah, I, well, not even a shagger. <laughs> I'd love Valentine's Day, which I, which I hate to term, but I really mm. like uh, spending time with friends who weren't with their partners and we would all go out and have this sort of lovely evening that, that mm. we were meant to be sort of, it felt sort of hopelessly romantic not to be in a, in a couple on, on um, Valentine's day. Um, 
which I, in the same way that I feel, I like to feel quite sad at Christmas as well. I think it's quite a sad time. Of year. <laughs> I, you know, I like to go against the the grain of of what we what I'm being told to feel. You just buy people boxes of shit. Yeah, yeah. I just wrap it in some tin foil. I <laughs> just put it under the tree. It's well, that's how I that's how I express my anti Valentines. If I'm in a relationship, I hate Valentines, so I'll just get into a fight at the start of the day, and <laughs> just by the end, I'll be like, "Oh, are you still fucking around? Oh, fine." I guess we'll do tomorrow and on and on until you get sick of it. Well, I'm, I'm in a relationship with a, with a Welsh woman and they have a different Valentine's Day. Oh, really? They have, oh, I shouldn't know the name. I, I, uh, it's the same day as Burns Night. So my mum's Scottish. So I, I always celebrate Burns evening with Haggis and it's on the 25th of Jan, their Valentine's. Mm. Actually, let's try and get up the thing because I think it's probably quite interesting uh welsh valentine's <laughs> what's it called santes doing when that was oh, the you, you can't, you can't yeah. just make up you can't just make up words yes but it's the welsh valentine's day so they have a different they have a different day why do you have welsh... to do two then well actually to be fair this year i didn't we didn't really do anything at all like it's i'm quite bad but then again my partner didn't get me a card for welsh valentine's day what so the maybe... fuck no, I know, I know. Uh, we just had an argument about the the washing machine. That's really that, <laughs> that's our love language, uh, or yeah. we like speaking. But it's she's um, asked you to stop making love to the washing machine. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. She's like, it's it's, uh, but it's only once a year I do it, and it is on Dois Santos Day. Um, but they, <laughs> and we put it on economy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's good, good for me, good for the planet. We exchange <laughs> gifts, take time out, and have special meals with our loved ones. We did none of those things, um, but. The Welsh, yeah, Welsh Valentine's Day is just gone. We're coming, well, this, when this is released. I don't think we're going to do anything. We might, but this year I am going to get a card this year. Um, I'm saying this quietly, she can probably hear everything. Um, but it's uh, because I can't say it now. She's, are you there? No, she won't hear she's, me. She's left. We've just, we just binged the traitors in a, in a whole weekend. Uh, yeah. And there's a very funny card which has Claudia Winkleman um, mm-hmm. saying, you know, I'm, I'll always be faithful on it. Um, but yeah, joke is, I'm not. So, uh, <laughs> happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> this is going out on the Monday before Valentine's. So, it's all I hope uh, Mary doesn't listen to it. <laughs> yeah. Shall we um, shall we talk movies then? Because obviously, so this is uh, to inspire those who maybe aren't romantically inclined. They've got Valentine's coming up on, uh, I think Valentine's is on a Wednesday this year. So maybe they wouldn't short of ideas. And I thought, well, let's look at the movies to look for romantic gestures. Um, and I thought we'll we'll break it down into a few kind of different subgenres of romance. I always like when someone has to make a big apology in a movie because you have to you have to go above and beyond. Uh, and we kind of both landed on the same movie for something in that, didn't we? We did. We did. And it I, was, I... Uh, Debbie does that. <laughs> <laughs> We've got at the same time. Three, two, one, two. Yeah. Uh, she's me. she's sorry that she shagged that guy when the other guy was meant to come first. Uh yeah, no, um, ten things I hate about you. Yeah. Which I think is uh, it's kind of got forgotten, would you say the the next gen coming through? They don't they well, don't appreciate it as much as they should. I, I agree. I only got introduced to it um via a, a flatmate and I hadn't seen it and I actually ended up I think I was drunk and I bought it on Amazon because there's no other way to watch it. So I I own 10 Things I Hate About You. Um, and I I uh, I love it. 
I think he's the Heath Ledger. Well, the whole thing is when he sings that song, which is, I think that's the biggest romantic gesture of Fuck the police. Yeah, it's, I, 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 I thought it was, I think it's amazing. I think it's beautiful. I think only he could really, it's, he could only really pull it off. I, when I was a teenager, I really wanted to do something like that. I mm. really wanted to sort of break, and I, I did when I was at drama school. Um, well, rather, we should say what, what he does is, uh, he, um, he's like kind of because it's an American high school, so of course there's a huge uh, football stadium. Uh, whereas we just have like a bit of gravel with jumpers put down. Um, and he, he, he Fledger takes the the PA system and he sings, uh, "You're just too good to be true." Mm. Is that the name of the song? Well, you know, I love you, baby. Na, 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 na. Is that, is that um, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> Yeah, well, you can't do it now, can you? <laughs> Get confused halfway through. You're just looking to me. Yeah, and it's, you know, uh, he starts singing at her, and then security chases him. He gets detention. He slaps uh, security's bum, I remember. Yeah, I think, you know, nowadays, if you do that in American school, you're going down. They've got tasers or guns, at least. And if, yeah, yeah, yeah. if the weird emo kid is starting to act erratic, especially the one from Australia, that's you're calling in SWAT. I mean, that's the movie we really wanted to see, which is... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ten things I read at your eulogy. Being tasered while singing and mm. professing your love on a football pitch um, is not love. I don't know what is. Yeah, I mean, are there any downsides to that, though? I mean, I guess if you're... It, one, he doesn't pick a... Like, I, I would have... I'd prefer that moment if she'd, like, referenced the song early on in the film and then he sings that there because i think deep down romance is just remembering yeah, like, stuff yeah, the song. It's like, yeah imagine if she was like yeah i was uh, my mum was murdered to the song yeah, so, <laughs> yeah this is my dad's funeral why are you bringing this up <laughs> i told you <laughs> he's like yeah you mentioned the song i'm singing the song <laughs> and i brought you up a nan here to die in front of you go out with me i am um, i i think it i mean there is a downside because you, you will look like an utter wanker doing this like it, it but somehow he led a dozen he does it so charmingly and and i i was if you were looking for people to be inspired i was inspired watching because i thought well this this should be awful mm. uh, but if done with conviction and cheeky slap on the bum of some security guard <laughs> i think he pulls it off marvelously but i'm just thinking like if we if we try and because we're not in high school now um not allowed to be if we try, I suppose the closest we'd have to doing this gesture would be like a Premier League football match. In which case, if you did manage to get, say, the the microphone off of one of the announcers, you'd have your head kicked in by like fifty West Ham fans accusing you of being gay because you're singing to your girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, while you have a pie like smashed up your ass, uh, which I'll be honest, doesn't sound too bad Sunday. Yes. <laughs> but I, I uh... just. I think the risk in a, in a kind of Brit, especially a British environment, the risk of not only embarrassment, but it just being on your record for years. Oh, he's the weirdo who sang and then his missus split up with him. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, I mean, I mean, I actually ended up, this did happen to me where I, it wasn't quite the same setting, but it was like a, like a cabaret night and everyone was singing. God, I was 20. Everyone was singing. Yeah. Everyone was doing like, um, and I did just normal songs, musical theatre things. And I had penned this this actual uh, love song that I'd written to someone. And, and everyone's oh, like, God. 
And uh, no, 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 it really was. Oh God, it was it was awful. It was um... it was two AJ Simpson, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. <laughs> you did nothing wrong, baby. And I just ended up. I was. It was. I look back at the time. It was. It was mortifying. It's even more mortifying now. And then you know we we did get together and we broke up. And now I think there's a memory of me trying to sing. Um, what I thought was really profound, beautiful lyrics, but it, it really was, it was just pure utter shite. Um, <laughs> then I started doing comedy. I realized that that's probably the way to go down is, is not, is to sing funny rather than sing sincerely. Yeah. always. Yeah, so probably inspired by Heath Ledger. <laughs> well, that like that kind of, when you have huge romantic gestures in movies, you always assume that the couple is going to stay together forever. So there's no risk of loss, but like in so, some movies suggest that like a great sacrifice is a great romantic gesture. I'm thinking like uh, in American Pie, uh, the the lacrosse player he he gives up on the big game so he can go sing with Mina Savari. I'm just thinking like 20 years down the line, is he he could have made it as like a pro lacrosse player, but he joined that choir and he's got a beer belly and he's just depressed in their in their house that his mum's moved in because they couldn't afford to put her in a home. And he just thinks about that moment where he's like, "Oh yeah, I mean, at least I, at least I gave up the game so that you could be happy with me singing at you for twenty minutes." Well, that is the thing. I think all the all the. I mean, he is he popular in the in Ten Things I Hate About You? In Ten Things I, he's not popular, but he's not a dork. He's he's the scary kid, isn't he? Yeah, he's the sort of. I'm sorry, he is the sort of scary weirdo. I remember, but it's still quite cool. People think he's cool. And people think he's weird. Well, yeah, even like the jocks are afraid of him because he's he's allowed these rumors to be spread that he like set fire to a school or he killed a guy. And then everyone's afraid of Julia Stiles because she's standoffish. So that means they lose they lose out on their reputation as well. Well, they've both got nothing to lose. I think I think that's why the the romantic gesture works so well is that actually it's it's kind of these weirdos kind of doing doing a crazy stunt. That's what makes I it think, so. I think she the gesture she makes towards the end where she writes a, the poem that the the film is based on less successful. I mean, if you doing it in front of a class again, that's nerdy. If anything, you should one up the gesture that's been made. But she takes it down a shift. She writes a, a home poem that is not very good, and also it's where she says like, "I don't like that you do this. I don't like like if you if if you did that now, it'd be like you fucking suck. Uh, you you got you got a shit face. I don't like your family." <laughs> The end. That'd be my poem, and then I'd be like, "Well, Julia Stars did it. It worked." <laughs> yes. I think the problem with the poem at the end, there's too much thought that's gone into it. I think the what's lovely. I think the best romantic gestures are the sometimes the spontaneous um, moments of, and I feel like Heath Ledger in that moment just grabbed it, grabbed the microphone, yeah. didn't think about it, started singing, and it was from the heart. It was really um, there. And I feel like at the end of the poem, it was obviously, it took some time. She went away, she wrote it down. What a nerd. What a nerd. Romance can't be thought about. Ro- you know, love of <laughs> the brain. It's, it's an impulse. It's a momentary thing. So, yeah. Uh, for the listeners, Jamie's just pointed to his penis. Um... <laughs> yeah. <Jamie's> <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got that. Um, there's a, like, movies obviously you have to have, kind of a bit of tension and then towards the end of a lot of films there's always like a massive declaration of love as mm. well that's like a big theme and even in action films like someone will say i love you very problematic for me first off the bat love actually the famous scene andrew lincoln with the signs 
yeah. to Kira Knightley. I mean, it's, it's been well documented that the practicality of knocking on the door while the husband is in, that's a mistake. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I hate that scene. And actually, as the years go on, I really don't like the movie. Like, I think mm. it, I watch it every year because it's, it's always on or it's around. But every year that goes on, I'll find something to be sort of annoyed about. And that romantic gesture, I think I am. It's, it's, it's just not, I don't think it's, I don't think it's romantic. The real romantic thing would be him to not, uh, I mean, if we're going to say romance, it's definitely not videoing someone's wedding and being all pervy with it. I mean, mm. that's, that's, that's not. I romantic. think the real romance is if she answers the door and he kills himself in front of her. <laughs> that's just like a proper disemboweling. I do this for you. Stares her in the eye the whole time. He's got like an old samurai sword across the stomach. I don't that's know. Yeah, and I think actually it probably would have really taken Richard Curtis in a new direction. But <laughs> we may have never got yesterday. Uh, every every single couple should have ended one of them disemboweling themselves like a failed samurai. That's a, well, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's perfect for the Emma Thompson story. It's perfect if she goes, puts that CD on, and then she just gets in the positioning, commits sepulchre. Danny Mitchell. <laughs> also, also, well, he here's a, you know, I know he, uh, Alan Rickman's a bad in there. But if somebody is a massive fan of Joni Mitchell, I don't think I'd get them a Joni Mitchell CD just on the idea that they've probably already got the Joni Mitchell CD. Well, I think actually that that, I mean, I am a fan of Joni Mitchell. I think, it, I don't know when it came out, we have to look at it. That's a, a, a relatively recent album, I think, at the time, because it was an, it was in her and an orchestra. So it was hits that she had, but with a backing <laughs> of a orchestra. Rather than just this, just a CD. So it might actually. Oh, that's changed my mind then. I know this is meant to be a funny podcast, but actually, <laughs> no. we're, if we're not learning, we're laughing and vice versa. But it, it is, a, I do think that that CD is appropriate for a fan. Um, oh, that might mean that the most romantic gesture in love actually then is the CD bind. Yeah. And actually, I think that's a really lovely, thoughtful gift if you love Joni Mitchell and now she's put it all of her amazing uh, songs onto this sort of orchestrated versions. Um, rather than a fucking just a necklace that's expensive, you know, it's, yeah. it's more from the heart. Uh, it's just a shame about the necklace and the affair. Well, I mean, you've you've said before that you know Emma Thompson's getting on in it. She wants to be grateful that he's sticking around. Uh, you know, maybe you know, put a smile on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what else have we got? Oh, uh, a big one for the declaration of love. Yeah. Is uh end of Jerry Maguire. Have you seen Jerry Maguire? I've never seen Jerry Maguire. Because I, I typed in romantic comedies and I was looking through and there's so many I haven't seen. I've never seen Jerry Maguire. Well, there's do you you know the famous quote from it though, don't you? Which it's, one is it? Hey, what's up? My name's Jerry Maguire. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> no, it's uh you, you, had, to, you had me at hello. Have you, you heard the phrase you have Yes, that is is so, that Jerry Maguire? <laughs> No, Shakespeare is, yo, 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 my name is Shakespeare. <laughs> yo, yo. And I'm here to say, I'm going to make a yoga kill everyone today. Um, no, so, Jerry Maguire is, uh, I won't ruin it for you because you should watch it. It's a good film. It's Tom Cruise is acting like a normal human being. You can see him just struggling. He's, he plays <laughs> normal man in this. He doesn't, like, jump over anything or, you know, beat any nondescript foreigners. The way you can't say what nationality they are because you need to sell it to that market. He's just a sports agent, um, but there's a there's a scene where he declares his love, and he, he says the phrase "You complete me," 
um, which is weird because I I don't like the idea of completing someone because I suggest they're not whole without you in their life. Like, be, get on with your own stuff. Uh, and then he does this big old speech and she goes, you had me at hello, which you meant to think is romantic, but in a way it just says you didn't have to do any of that. Yeah. Also, I wasn't listening. You had me hello. <laughs> I didn't even say it. Yeah. Can we get to the end of this? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but also, like, if we're if we're giving out advice, cheap again, cheap for people, uh, and we want to be thinking about that. I've got um, I've got some odd gestures as well. I didn't tell you about these, but I just thought about kind yeah, of what's the what's the weirdest things that people have done uh, as a romantic gesture. Uh, our boy John Wick, uh, yes. Keanu Reeves. Now, I've. You know, people laugh about how many people he kills because someone kills his dog. But it's actually a really nice thing that his wife does. She knows she's dying. She knows he's going to be lonely. Uh, she could go down two routes, either get him an escort for the night or buy him a puppy. It would have been a very different film if he had an escort and then the escort Russians, Russians killed a sex worker. <laughs> the whole film is him trying to avenge this <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's got a puppy, and it is actually it's it's not played for laughs. It's really beautiful because, and he he says he de- he defines the moment where he's like, my wife gave me that puppy as a chance to grieve, and you took that from me, and that's why I'm killing everyone. And it kind of makes sense. Yeah, so, I I've only recently watched all of the John Wicks. Like I think I watched them all in in a week because they were all on Amazon or something. And I've never in the same way that I've never seen the Fast and Furious movies, but I'm told actually they're a hoot. Um, and I, <laughs> that's, that the John Wick was was a hoot, and I and it didn't really seem my film. Like I was like, ah, I watch it. I found it. I mean, I was heartbroken when uh when the dog when they kill the dog when it's mm. Alfie Allen, isn't it? Who's the yeah? He like he just gives off little shit vibes as well, doesn't he? Yeah, and also yeah. in the film, um, <laughs> and it, it sort of yeah it was it was it was amazing and i i was so so sad and the whole thing and you're completely behind in this this um and it's because it's yeah this romantic it is a weird romantic gesture you're so right but it's it's so beautiful um and i've oh, again i've only recently become a dog person i think my, yeah my family got a dog and um my partner's family have a dog so i recently have just fallen in love with dogs and i'm watching this uh, yeah and it's it's a really selfless act obviously she's dying and she she doesn't think about herself you know um, she said, and it's not even a case of like, because that the whole like sending a love letter from beyond the grave, it's not you know five paragraphs and you know you need to water the the plants up in the room and do this and do this. Description and <laughs> yeah, it's just you know I've got your dog. Bye. Yeah. What a way to die. Uh, I, I mean, you could go the other route and do the the PS I love you, where you do a series of challenges. Uh, yeah, and too much thought. Too too much. I mean, it's yeah. not a fucking you know quest game. It's like I don't. I, I'm not. I, I watched P.S. I Love You on a on a school bus. Uh, we were <laughs> a choir trip. Yeah, pretty pretty rock and roll. <laughs> That's the most Jamie thing. I watched <laughs> P.S. I Love You we on a school bus through, on a choir trip. We were going through Belgium, I believe, or somewhere, and and we were all watching P.S. I Love You. Um, it's the same feeling I have with the Notebook. I don't really enjoy the Notebook either, and I feel like I would enjoy the Notebook. Um, but I don't. There's just something these these sort of grand gestures of mm. of love that are too thought about. Like P.S. I love you. Too calculated. You know, it's kind of a vibe of you know that's 
it's a bit much. It's a bit needy. Yeah. It's a bit. Um, and, and it kind of suggests that your partner is so broken that you need to fix them as you die. Yeah. Like, and when you're, you, when you're not around, how the hell are you gonna, you know, this person exists, you know, without yeah. you? It, me, Irish Joe Butler, doing some Irish, but mainly Scottish. Yeah, he's Irish in it, isn't he? To be sure. <laughs> to, be, to, to be sure. To be sure. <laughs> and P.S., uh, I fucking love you. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm fairly sure one of the challenges is like shag my brother or something in it, or like. It's... The last one is like move on without me. I remember on that quiet trip, really fancy going on the quiet trip and fancying someone on the quiet trip. And I remember being trying to uh, a whole time in this in the romantic cathedrals of Europe. And I remember watching this film and actually not enjoying it, but thinking, I wonder if I died and I left this person with those things. So I, I would would it would it work out that way? Would it be perceived? But I think it would just be a bit strange. Well, I like the idea of is if you minimize that, stay alive, but just the idea of these like. Kind of Easter egg hunts, but as adults, you know, I've left something <laughs> at your work and, you know, Janine's got it and you get there and it's like some lube and you're like, okay. <laughs> and then you just throughout the day, you do, you do your little hunt and then it ends with, oh, I've brought a picnic to your favorite place. And it's, it's summer, obviously it's not Valentine's day because it's February, which will be cold. You can't have a picnic in the cold. I've I've done I've done Easter egg hunts before for partners, but I've always is in like actual for like Easter Sunday. But I've done I think the biggest thing I've done that's close to that, which is um, it's not a really good thing. I I, I have such a sweet tooth um, that if my partner has biscuits in the house or chocolate, I I, I will eat it. Like she's <laughs> very like she'll be like I'll have a square, and I'm like that's. Mm. And hey. and she's diabetic, so she needs that sugar sometimes. And you're she's just like, well, you're fucked because I've eaten it. So the best way is not to replace it, but to leave like funny little notes. Uh, <laughs> so I've started leaving notes when I do finish, but I'll leave the wrapper and pretend because we have got some mice that are just hanging around. We've grown to love them. Um, mm. And uh, I, I leave notes pretending to be the mices, the mice. Uh, and I do it in tiny, oh. tiny writing. And I say, I'm awful. And it's like, dearest, dearest Mary, that's what I say, dearest Mary. I'm awfully sorry for this inconvenience, and it's tiny little writing. Love the mouse. Um, it's so what you're telling me is you, you're gaslighting your partner while stealing her stuff. Yeah, she's got exterminators and everything. Trying to get these <laughs> They're eating all the chocolate and leaving adorable, adorable little notes. And that's the opposite of doing something nice. But you're you're taken from her, not giving her a present. Yeah, and that is my love language, you know. Right, and okay. it's <laughs> theft, theft, <laughs> theft, and sort of gaslighting. <laughs> Yeah, do you know? I was, I've got a couple of different odd gestures. I'll see if which which you prefer out of like making the odd. Uh, there's a film called Big Fish, uh, which I'm not. Is, yeah, Ewan McGregor, and he really he falls in love with uh, the lady who's going to be his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a couple of things where it's the the gestures are just too big. Like he gets all the daffodils in the state and plants them outside of a dorm room. And you think, well, I, you know, what if someone up north wants daffodils for their anniversary? You fucked that. Yeah. And also, he um, he enrolls in the circus for months. I think it might even be a year because Danny DeVito knows who information about this girl that he's seen, and he he's drip feeding the information every week. I think he's giving him new information. If you're Ewan McGregor, you just beat the fuck out of Danny DeVito. Like, tell me who she is. I mean, firstly, on the daffodil point, I mean, again, that's. 
some some romantic gestures you're like am i going to be under a patio if i accept this one day mm. like it's it kind of it's it's intense it's insane yeah um, and also this is they've never spoken before oh yeah so, that's mad yeah, yeah. i have psychotic seen it four moons ago it was actually on a bus through europe uh, and i was doing my film <laughs> No, I have seen the film. I can't remember it, but much of it. But that is, um, that's a lot. But that's a film that kind of forgives Jack Grand gestures. Uh, where, like, my takeaway from that is, like, especially if you're going into a fresh relationship, sometimes a gesture can be too grand. Like, if someone says, oh, my favorite musician is Pink, and you're like, okay, second day, I've got us tickets to Paris to go see Pink live. You'd be like, that's really nice, but are you going to, like, cut off my face and wear it to the you know the event am i going to be in a netflix documentary (laughs) like paris and it's like what was going on i i think that i i i I used to really i don't anymore i used to really love romantic gestures i i threw a surprise (laughs) you don't anymore i don't i don't now i'm in a relationship fucking hate them but like uh, i think when it was just the early days of courting i'd love to do I remember one walking in the snow with roses. But again, I think it's all fed from films and little yeah. all culture. I, these things weren't my originality. It was like you know, flowers through the snow felt like it could have been a Richard Curtis or throwing a surprise party or something. Fucking Richard Curtis is responsible for, I'd say, most like just useless uh, acts of you know gestures because Richard Curtis seems to th- equate um, public with intelligent gesture like as long as lots of people can see it like the end of notting hill is at a press conference and it's like it's meant to be romantic because he's asking it in front of all these journalists you know famously the most romantic people in the world showbiz journalists like each one of those people is fucking detestable and they've probably tried to get like an upscale i did learn the word indefinitely from that i remember watching it and when she goes indefinitely i was like what the fuck does that mean (laughs) so you know I I would have preferred if the manager goes, Miss Scott has asked if you can repeat that question. And he goes, Will you be sticking around? She goes, Get fucked. (laughs) Yes. Well, I fuck. Next question. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, Richard Curtis is, I mean, he's idealized. Yeah. It's basically, I I mean, I remember, I loved to be right. I, I love um, Notting Hill mainly because of is it the character Spike, played by oh, yeah. fantastic. And uh, I, I used to like Spike, and then once I moved to London, I was like, "Fuck this guy!" You know, rent is not cheap. You yeah. live in Notting Hill. Where's his money coming in from? Who all these arty farty ones in the richest Curtis movies? Where are they getting London rent from? That's one of the big things. I think it's it's sort of um, well, it's the same problem with Friends, really, isn't it? As well, it's like they live in mm. New York, and I, I mean, I know is it Chandler? One of them has a, a great job. The rest of them, I mean, Joey's an unemployed actor. Like, well, what's going on? Most yeah, I think they do. They explain that Monica's nan. It was oh, her flat, and it was rent controlled. Okay, well, let's edit this out then. Uh, but like, it's... no, but you're right. Like, the, they still have to live in Manhattan. It's just live in Manhattan. Um, they still, that means that is a big problem in Richard Curtis movies where it's all in sort of beautiful, uh, affluent areas of London. Um, yeah. All I mean, white people. It's always white people. It's all white people. Um, bar, 
so affluent and so wealthy and everyone's got like a charming lovely life and then again you move to London or you you live a life in London and you're like it's not charming and lovely it's uh quite grimy quite dirty quite expensive and uh, lonely not lonely and autumn does not look the same as it does in in your film <laughs> yeah if if you splashed coffee over like a big celebrity in London their bouncers would just take you down she's not walking alone there yeah no and it that it would be a parody now if if someone's job who lived in Notting Hill was that they ran a secondhand travel bookstore that was able to hire an employee as well not just him he has James Dreyfus in there as well yeah that's that's in a satire was yeah. of downright spoof it, well it's it's the strange thing of like yeah exactly that beautiful it's it's a house they live in it's not even a flat mm, yeah. In Notting Hill. In Notting Hill, with that hallway where they park all their bikes and it's all, I don't know, yeah, and it, gla- it glamorises the kind of, God, aren't we poor, but look at the beauty. And, and also Richard Curtis, I think, lived down the road. That's why he filmed in Notting Hill. He was like, well, yeah. I'm just trying not to work. But I also think he has, he has said in the past, I think recently he was like, I've realised how sort of um, white and privileged my, my films are as well, and if he would do them differently now, he would do them differently now. <laughs> One of those weddings, I swear, would be a black wedding. It would definitely, yeah. Uh, that actually, that? <laughs> actually uh, the only thing worse than four wins and a funeral would be what richard curtis would imagine a black wedding to be just everyone high five and like oh no richard this uh so well well i, I guess again though it's not an easy gesture to take out of the whole declare your love in front of a press conference you could kind of put on a fake press conference i guess if you surprise your missus and yeah you get your mates to dress up as journalists and do a fake press conference, which ends in, you know. Well, that would be um, like the when when uh, Kieran Eilie gets married, you know, when they all get the, they start singing love, 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 and uh, all you need is love, sorry, and then everyone starts singing. So it's a press conference. It's like a, like a flash dance at the press conference. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Is that, is that romantic what Andrew Lincoln sorts out there? Because, you know, again, it's it maybe isn't a song that's important to them. Like, get a sign off on that. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm in two minds about it. My friend's getting married at the end of this year, and I've been asked to do a reading. And I was going to, um, as an in joke, I was going to do something like that, but but with pirates. And I was going to do this. There was going to be pirates planted in the audience because uh, it's a long story. I, I won't go on too long about it. But it's it basically for her 18th birthday. We've been friends since since children and um, childhood. And I I dressed up. She's having a thing at the boathouse, and I was like, I'll come dressed as a pirate. And she said, oh, please don't. And it was like a big family affair. Everyone was in like ties and jackets and suits. And I came fully as this sort of um, Jack Sparrow pirate. And it, it went down uh, awfully. Um, but I had to spend all, all evening in this pirate club <laughs> with like waiters. And, and it was it was terrible. But then I yeah, said, the whole, point, the whole point of that scene is that Andrew Lincoln's in love with Keira Knightley. And that's why he goes over the top. And now you're saying that you go to a friend's wedding where you're going <laughs> to reenact the exact same thing. Well, I, I'm definitely not, I am, I love her. I'm not in love with her, but it's, uh, I was going to do something that I was going to dress up as a pirate and have a, and have pirates in the audience start singing a sea shanty of what, uh, my reading. But then I thought that detracts, then it becomes about me or it becomes about the moment. Yeah. But yeah, I do sing think- one of your songs. Oh, God, no. Uh, it, yeah, it was, but I, I thought, I think it is romantic. In fact, actually, I think that's one of the most romantic gestures off, um, off the, the film. 
it's annoying because again, like Richard Curtis, a lot of them are public. A lot of his displays of love are, are a public display of love, which actually not a lot of people would want. You know, I I can't imagine um, people posing in public. I, I always, you know, clap and sing, but I can't imagine how you can't be honest with a public declaration of love. Well, you can, I suppose, but I yeah. definitely I'd be like, of course I'll marry you. And then I'll get in the car and be like, what the fuck was that? Of course not. It's crazy. Yeah, we've, we've been on two dates. Fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. You've taken me to Paris to see pink and it's the next <laughs> yeah. one, you know? But and you're a guy and I'm straight. I don't, this is going to work. <laughs> yeah. um, but enough about Last Weekend with us. I think that it's, I, I just don't like the, the public, but I do think that it, it is a romantic gesture because it's selfless of him. He's obviously doing it for her on her wedding day. So actually, it's, um, it's a real moment of of the real romantic gesture is that it's not the kind of holding those weird cards up. That's yeah. a self gesture. Everyone thinks, oh, I have to, you know, grow old. And then he goes, what does he say? Enough now. Like, no, no, we should have done enough now before we had yeah. the creepy signs. That should, we should have, you know. Unless, and, you know, if he said enough now and pulled out that sword. <laughs> yeah. Enough now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I get, well, I suppose the, the romantic part of it is that he's it's a completely selfless gesture. He's done this thing because he wants to see her smiling on her wedding day, but it's not him who's marrying her. Yeah. Uh, so in a way, that is nice. Also, Keira Knightley was 17 when they filmed that, so that's a bit creepy. Yeah, that is really creepy, isn't it? I didn't know that till recently. <laughs> I else... think I look quite jailbait in that. <laughs> yeah. Why was, she, why was she doing that film at 17? I mean, that, that's really on. Yeah, it's very odd. Awesome. Very, very yeah, I mean, she doesn't come off at 17, fair enough. But I mean, I didn't know and this year someone was saying she's 17, and I was she says she doesn't at all. Um, but but yeah, if anything, she looks like an old goat. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, agree. Um, I'd say we're we're starting to move to it. We, we've covered some good gestures. Is there any before we get to our, our kind of number ones? Is there any uh, any any other gestures you want to cover? Um I suppose if we touched upon apologies, uh, only the I think the ten things I hate about you, but no other ones. What else you got for me? Well, I was thinking the I was thinking Castaway. <laughs> what with uh, what? He's sorry that he lost everyone's packages. No, no, Castaway, where he's where he he's really he apologizes to um to Wilson when he gets really angry at the at the ball and then there's this really heartbreaking of like story that's love I mean that is you know they had no one else yeah. but this ball I found I find that a really moving moment when he's just he realizes how out of order he's been and it's like mm. I'm you know I'm so sorry it's this sort of uh really beautiful scene I watch it most days um I I genuinely um like it, it it's kind of a not a joke, but it's a it's its own separate thing. Castaway now it's it's like a moment in time. First time I watched that, and Wilson goes missing in the sea. I was fucking heartbreaking. That was worse than any breakup I think I've seen in in a film. Well, I I think some of the most and actually leads me to, to another film that I jot, jotted down when I was thinking about sort of romance or romantic gestures, like the platonic side of it. So the platonic. Mm stories and films i think are really really beautiful and actually really get you sometimes a lot more because we you know we are so inundated with romance being like will they won't they get together um and i think it's some of the best films are you kind of want them to get together but you know that what they have is is love you know i i do you film mrs brown with billy Connolly and julie lynch mrs brown's boys the, the movie 
not Mr. Brown Boy the movie, which is a obviously called classic, but um, yeah. It, well, yeah, uh, no, I have. It's is it Queen Victoria and yes, and uh, her husband's husband's servant, I believe. Yeah, babe, I believe. It's a true story, uh, isn't it? True story, and it's um, I remember watching it. So my mum's Scottish, and I remember, and she, you know, I remember it's the first experience I think I had watching Billy Connolly, you know, or, or experience at work. Um, and I think it's just it's such a beautiful story of friendship, but but, but about love, you know, and it's it's real platonically. And you you, I mean, I think I kind of wanted them to get together because they seem so perfect. And I was like, you know, come on, Vicky, like it, it looks great. And it's you I know, like the idea of Billy Connolly absolutely rotting Judy Dench into next week. <laughs> like, well, I mean, that happened, but they 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 thought it would be something more subtle a film if they could just yeah. that out. Um. But I think it's, and then they did they, they did a follow up, which I only found out this morning because I was I was trying to watch scenes from it again because I thought God, I've seen it in years, and it was I remember it being so wonderful and platonic, um, but but really about romantic mm. gestures of sort of service and love, um, and the the Victoria and Adol, the one that was done, I haven't seen it, which was done a couple of years ago, three four years ago, is a sequel. Yeah, is it a direct sequel? Is it like the same, the well, same I think it's production team? They're both well. I don't know if it's the same production. Is they're both true stories, but they did it so that because I think the story of Victoria and Abdul takes place about twenty years after yeah. the events of of the in real life in terms of the historical. And they, what they've done is they've just got an older Judy Dench to actually play an and older she, version. She's still walking funny from the rutting that she gets twenty years. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of it, yeah. you know, the, there's this sort of um, the, the <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> just in my head, I'm thinking this is. Just someone cheer, like be like, oh, this is this is a nice idea for a podcast. I'll listen to this. And then just two <laughs> two silly boys <laughs> who clearly re- realize they're talking about something nice, and they've gotten comfortable with the niceness. Yeah, they were quite, oh, it's a beautiful story of platonic love, but like, God, imagine, and it, imagine but, but, banging to your dance. But but they weren't condoms then, so you know, it would it would have been <laughs> it would have been full full mess. He'd <laughs> <laughs> have been a messy little boy. I That's think it's really geared up people for Valentine's Day to really, uh, really. Yeah, mo- moving on to platonic, like romantic can be, you know, even stuff between parents and children is, you know, uh, uh, you can have a lovely gesture. Like I was thinking about in Amelie, uh, have you seen Amelie? Uh, where yeah. she, her dad wants to travel, but he can't. So she sends his gnome all around the world in like, that's a huge gesture. Uh, and also, it's that selfless thing of she's not doing it to to get someone's affection. She's just doing it purely to make them happy, which is quite nice. Percent. I think that's the you know, like P.S. I love you and the big fish, the things. I feel like they're quite selfish gestures. I feel like they're yeah. um, they're making the person doing it feel good. Of course, like romantic things mm. do, but like you know, with Amelie and with. With these moments that are a lot more subtle and, and selfless and kind of just knowing mm. that that person is going to be so happy when they see that. Well, there's there's a there's a film called Me, Myself and Irene. Not Me, Myself and Irene. There's a there's something about Mary. It's old, like, it's a... People think of it as this, like, you know, it's, it's part of the 90s dirty uh, sex comedies with Cameron Diaz. They kind of made Cameron Diaz famous for the come in the hair joke. But the, the end of that film, Ben Stiller, who lo- all these men love... Cameron Diaz, and what Ben Stiller does is realise none of them are right for her, so he gets in touch with her ex, who she actually was happy with, and then somebody set him up to look like a bad guy, 
he gets in touch with the ex, and that's what he does. He brings the ex back uh-huh. into her life and says, "Yeah, he, he never did anything wrong, so you should be with him." And then he walks off crying. Obviously, it's a it's an American comedy, so she does choose Ben Stiller in the end. But he he makes the actual sacrifice of going, "I'll get the one that she'd be happiest with." I think that's rather selfish. But then, part of me thinks is that Machiavellian, where he's like, yeah. "Listen, if." Give her the return to the ex, and she's like, you know, has a terrible life. Will she actually end up thinking about me, being like, I wonder if I'd just gone with that guy or, it, or that person? It's high high risk, high reward. If we're if we're giving advice out to people thinking of something to do for Valentine's Day, get in touch with your partner's ex. Yep. Get get them back into life. Start mixing up the table. Start thinking out some box. You know, flowers, chocolates, they're all fine. What I would say is get in touch with their ex. <laughs> That's full Yago shit. First of all, lock into their phone. Log into their phone. Text the ex via them. Yeah. Do a whole setup thing. Uh, get them to fall back in love with their ex. Sit on a chair in the wardrobe whilst they shag. I think mm-hmm. we've invented cook holding. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And and really and then just just let them go back with the ex. Then knowing that you know you could have been an option. Yeah, I always but, think, I always think with that. so. I'm always I always have a sort of wandering thought, being like, I wonder if, wonder if that person thinks of you in those sort of moments when uh, the relationship's not going well, um, and that that tends to get me through the night. Uh, so they know. Be... I'll, I'll tell <laughs> you. <laughs> no, I know they say they only think None of your actors have ever thought about you, Jamie. Yeah, no, well they they do because obviously the restraining orders, but they they only think about <laughs> court days and appeals. Yeah, but... the certain parts of London that they can't go to. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, um, but Matt, no, no things. Um, so I think shall we shall we start moving towards what? So I've got a film, and you've got a film. We're gonna we're gonna fire them against each other. Uh, as our like, what 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 would be your number one? Uh, best film to show you how to make romantic gestures. Okay, so my my favorite film for romantic gestures and romance in general. Um, would be when Harry met Sally. Never heard of it. <laughs> it it's this little little wrong. No, it's, it's. I mean, that's that's the number one, isn't it? That's your your Champions League winner of rom coms for me. I think when Harry met Sally. Yeah, because again, I think it's. I mean, my I fucking love the the interviews throughout it. Mm. I think it's beautiful, funny, heartfelt. It's also steeped in reality. So the whole thing is like it, it, it shows this the real ugly side of love. And also the real sort of with um Carrie Fisher's character and, and his pal, the sort of infatuation, the fast love. It shows all elements yeah. of what, what romantic gestures and romance means without it being, you know, a creepy man who films on your wedding day holding up signs. I think <laughs> it, it has such beautiful nuance and comedy. Um uh, yeah, it's it is I think it is the best rom com. Yeah, and it's got rom like rom coms. A lot of them tend to be over the space of like a week to a month, and then by the end of it, someone saying "I love you," and you're like, "No, that's you're a fucking psycho." If you say "I love you" to someone on a third date, I'd be like, "Give me your phone. I'm going to take my information out of there. Make sure <laughs> yeah. that's deleted. Get out of my life." Whereas when High Metal takes place over what 13 years, I think is that yeah. what they say at yeah. the end, and it's it's those. You know, they sometimes five years will go by and they won't see each other, and it's that's the realism of it. It's like you might you might be in love with someone that you hardly ever see, and now and again, and it just won't be right. 
uh, Odell be Billy Crystal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I it is that kind of um, but it still has that hope in it of romance. So mm-hmm. that they do bump when they. I think it's the bookstore scene when they they bump into each other again after all that time. Uh, off the road trip and it's um it's a really lovely sort of it even though he's so quite cynical about it and i don't really believe in his um subscribe to his notion that friends you know men and women can't be friends mm-hmm. without things sex. i think you know i think that eliminates a lot of things in terms of i think people you know think about i don't know i i, I can see where he's coming from but i also think that once you get over that you can be friends with someone once you've thought about it so much, yeah. and then and I mean, you should you should always have sex with any friend, male or female, just to yeah, get out of the way. Like we had, get out out your system. Uh, and we then, did. We've we've done stuff in green rooms. It's fine. It that's just been pre-show nerves, though. It's yeah, and the the acid. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> but the I guess the the main gesture is the famous the New Year's Eve scene, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Where he he runs to her because you know she's at the party. And it's he just tells it to us straight. He says, you know, I love all these parts about you. Um, and that again, the the differentiate from that is he he has a, a specific list. Like Julia Styles' silly poem, there's nothing specific. She's not like, I love your car, which is this make and model, or you know, yeah. it's just a generic, you know, the song that he Ledger sings. He doesn't know if she likes that song or not. A lot of these gestures come about without, you know, personalizing them. Whereas Harry, what he's saying is, this is all the stuff I've learned about you in the last 13 years, yeah. and this is why I love you. All this fucking shit that you come with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's not, it's, um, and I think it was, it must have been, you can see where other rom-coms, you can see where Richard Curtis is sort of taking that in the in the nights in the Northeast, but it, it's it's not as um specific. It's quite vague. So these, mm. these this one is, you know, I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking to love him. It's like, you're not telling me why, why you love me. You're not telling yeah. me why, you know, you're not telling me why you work in a bookshop but can have that house. You're not. You're not telling me things like you. You know where this 13 year journey that doesn't feel like 13 years. You're not there looking at your watch, being like, "Okay, all right, we get it." Right. Well, that, that final. I love that bit where they're. You know, these all these interviews, and you end up with them and how they met, and it's their story. It, it's so simple, but yet so deeply rich yeah. and complex. Where and it has it has the balls to have them not like each other and have very different viewpoints on the world at the start, and also. They're not likable to the audience at the start as well. I think they both do stuff. Oh, so fucking annoying! Both of them. It's with her ordering in the in the um, diner, and you just think, oh, that's, you know, all right, you can be a bit more calm. With him sort of spitting out the window, and you can't stand them, but you grow to love them. And I think that is a great representation of love. We're told from rom coms sort of post that that you know you lock eyes with a stranger across the room, and mm-hmm. it was instantaneous, and that's it. And actually. I mean, sometimes that's it, but but love is is really what I found is is quite slow and and sort of um and not really certain uh, and not really safe and and like even the first time they sleep together, uh, the I think it's at the you know at the, at the wedding of their friends. Is that the first time they sleep together? Or? No, no. She um she finds out that her her ex is getting married, and so he comes yeah. over. Um, and, and then and then he comes over if you don't say. Yeah, <laughs> but there weren't condoms in those days, so no. it was. So I mean, there but... is a uh, there's a whole uh, five minute deleted section on he takes her to the clinic, and they're like, "Oh, false alarm, it's okay." Yeah, I think that's. I I just think it's the greatest greatest rom com. I hmm. think, and it's it really Nora Ephron and like her a genius because it is. Um, yeah, it's amazing. 
Yeah, I absolutely love it. And I also really love what um, I watched re watched Christmas. Uh, You've got mail, which I hadn't seen in years. I've seen the the porno version, which is it's the same same name but spelled different. Uh, but... <laughs> Why am I meant to? You've got tail. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> You got Bale. It's just about ex-cons. Or it's sort of a Christian Bale sort of fan fiction. Yeah, I mean, Meg Ryan, kind of, she's had a, you know, a kind of odd career post the 90s, but there was that solid, like, what, five, four or five film run where yep. it was just, if you need someone to fall in love with someone, they're going to fall in love with Meg Ryan. Um, and her and Tom Hanks had that and uh, what's the one, Meet Me Up the Empire State. Uh, which again is the name name of a name of a porno. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, Sleepless in Seattle. Which, that kind of, they all had a kind of that nineties, and then it, when it moved on to it, just curses. I mean, I suppose uh, Hugh Grant became the Meg Ryan of of mm. that sort of. You know, he was chucked in every. Did you ever see music and lyrics? I haven't. That's the uh, Drew Barrymore one, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I tell you what, I quite. It's, it is a sort of guilty pleasure. I, I do. It is enough but it's it's really i love it and there is a romantic gesture in that where i wouldn't spoil too much for you but it's like um they them. end up yeah, yeah in front of a safe <laughs> enough <now. laughs> um he finally because he was fighting rich curtis finally got it was like that's that's a great idea i yeah <laughs> they're meant to be write it like co-writers and they kind of have this you know it has a formula that kind of is quite Basically, but he does do a romantic gesture at the end of finally sort of giving up his his song. I'm getting confused with it. He also did two weeks later. God, uh, yeah. Hugh Grant, so many of the same variations. But I think very, two, week, two weeks notice felt like a, it felt like an AI movie before AI. It was like we put Hugh Grant and Sandra Bullock together. We put a conflict. Like if you if you showed me a scene from the proposal and two weeks notice. Uh, I I might get confused unless Hugh Grant or Brian Reynolds is in that scene because they yeah. feel like they'll just be exactly carbon copy. Whereas uh, when Harry Metalli is saying something about the state of you know men and women in the eighties, yeah, yeah, and it, and it, I it tra really transcends the eighties. I think as well. I think it, it is just really focuses on um on what it means to fall in love with someone. Mm. You don't, I don't think you get that with a lot of other films. That and also kind of the different stages of your life. You know, what does love mean when you're in college? What does it mean in your 20s, your 30s? Uh, I'm weirdly, you know, Billy Crystal is supposed to be, what, 19 at the start of the film? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that's the only bit I criticise as like, they should have maybe... Well, I suppose now they would just de-age a la Marvel, you know? They would make... Yeah, or maybe just get different actors in. Um all right, yeah, no, yeah. that's a good one. I'll, I'm gonna, I'll throw one at you, uh, just yeah. as uh, if you've not seen it. There's a, there's a little film called Pretty Woman. You know, I've never seen Pretty Woman. So Pretty Woman is, it's one of them insane. If you hear the plot of it, you think, well, how is that like one of the biggest romance, you know, romantic? And there are comedy elements to it. Richie Gere is a big businessman. He does business. He comes to he comes to LA for uh, a couple of weeks to do seal a deal, and then he he ha he he can't find his hotel, and he comes across a sex worker, Julie Roberts, um, and she guides him to the hotel, and then one thing leads to another, and he hires her for the week for three thousand dollars, 
Um, and then, you know, throughout the week, they fall in love. I'm sure it's not spoiling it for you that, you know, by the end of it, they're in love. He he pushes her off. the. He's got the penthouse, so he pushes her off. He's like, I can't be feeling these feelings. But they kind of, they, they do. So the whole point of Pretty Woman is like, can you have a modern fairy tale? Because uh, she's, they do like different allusions to her being, you know, a, the princess who needs to be rescued from this life and they they give you the fault it's got a false end in a first where he says look i'd like to set this up as a regular thing uh, i can set you up with a place in la and i'll stop and see you whenever i'm here and you think that's going to be the end and we're like oh fuck so you know he's got her off the streets where she probably would have been murdered or start taking drugs but he's like you know you're a prostitute i can't you know i can't do that and you're like oh this is this is it. And then he, he has a rethink and he pulls up to her place in the limousine and it's got all this imagery that they've taken from fairy tales. So like he's a, he's on, he's got his head out the limousine. So it's clearly like the knight riding the horse. He climbs up the, the fire escape, which is meant to look like, you know, climbing up the tower. Uh, and they have the big movie romantic kiss. And he, they've also set up that he's got vertigo in it as well. So he hates heights. So there's all this stuff. She wants to be, she's mentioned that she wants to be rescued like a princess. He said that he can't climb, you know, because he's got vertigo. So it's all, everything they've set up throughout the film is a payoff in this gesture that he does where he's like, I don't care that you, you're a prostitute. I'm going to have an actual full-on relationship with you. Uh, there's some stuff at work where she's, he was doing like bad business and she's changed his mind into doing good business. Um, and it all, like, it all just pays off really nice. That sounds really good. I mean, I'm yeah. not going to watch it. I mean, but, she carries she carries on being a prostitute and she tags all his mates, but, um, you know. <laughs> There's the sort of romantic gesture. Yeah, yeah 50% off. <laughs> yes. Mates rates. Um, yeah. uh, I have a soldier on there. Yeah, 100%. I think the idea of it being... Um, Oh no, I've just clicked upgrade. Oh, cock. <laughs> what are you doing? There if you fucking uh, end up paying for Zoom, I'm not even cutting this out. Jamie's might be ending up paying for Pro Zoom. Yeah, I, you've got me on, uh, absolutely got me on, um, Pretty Woman. I know the song, though. Is, I take it the song's in it? Yeah, Roy Orbison one, yeah. 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 Oh, my name is Pretty Woman. How are you doing? Yeah, that one. Yeah. I only remember from Dumb and Dumber from that scene when they <laughs> when he's getting all glammed up. God, I haven't seen that film. Now. I'm going to watch that this evening along with Pretty Woman. Um, well, that's yeah, that's uh, you missed out on a great scene because that she she dresses like a sex worker and then he he gives her some money to go get dressed up and it's a it's a famous scene where she goes into a shop uh, and they turn her away uh, and then she goes back with all these bags dressed like you know a fancy lady and she goes, "You guys work on commission, right?" Big mistake, huge. And you're like, yeah, fuck those women. Yeah, you did it, Julia Roberts. Isn't that there's another film called Made in Manhattan, which is not the same. I think it's a <laughs> the, the J Lo one. Yes, the J Lo one. Yeah. With I think, yeah. isn't it Ray, Ray, Ralph Fiennes? It was a Ray Fiennes. Is the it, yes, who's the is he American in it or is he? I don't know. It doesn't really matter, I suppose. He's just a, an affluent businessman, isn't he? And then yeah. he falls in love with J Lo. Yeah, well, she, I've not seen it, but I think the premise is she's a maid, but she lies yeah. to him and says she's a debutante. Yes, and then it's all, but then love transcends, you know, all of that. Yeah. No, he dumps her once he finds out she's poor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ew, get off me, you poor, uh, uh. um, well, Right, uh, so 
So your your question, your your film was um was when Harry met Sally. Uh, yeah. So we need we need to put it through the big test to see if it is a great film. So we've got a few questions here just to okay. just to check. Right. So uh, does the film have iconic hair that transcends time? Uh, it's pretty terrible hair in this, but I do like I like post sex Meg Ryan's hair and uh, and Billy Crystal when he's got a beard. Billy Crystal's beard, yes. Billy Crystal's hair kind of is the same when he's 18. In fact, I think he's got more of a hairline the older he gets sometimes. So Yeah, he just always looks like a 45-year-old in this. Yeah. Um, Meg Ryan's hair is, again, I think throughout it, her hair is amazing. Yeah, I kind of want... It's a shame that the big hair has gone away just because I think everyone was worried about aerosols. Uh, yes, that, yeah, that is true. I, but I don't. I think. I think it's uh, where it's that thirty-year cycle. Of big hair. Big hair will be back. I want to see ladies with big hair again. Big hair, big arms, just ready to defend you know themselves. I think it's going to come back sooner than we think because we've got the whole the mullet, the sort of full mescal mm. mullet thing back in the eighties. We're surely going to get big hair back. And Gladiators is back now, so there should be some ladies with big hair in there. Big hair, big <laughs> muffles. <laughs> All right, so that gets a pass. Is there a scene where children in Guinness would help? Um, I'm going to go to the scene in the diner. Yes, that that sort of um, yeah, that would help. If she I actually, actually would... smashes a Guinness and then and then starts pretending to come, that that is that not great product placement for Guinness? Drink this, oh, it's, yeah, it's people that'd be like, oh, I fancy Guinness, be like, well, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd have to go with that scene as well. Yeah. That scene, or maybe, or maybe when he does, when he's running to confess his. <laughs> Just down and then be like, this is what I feel, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's I like that. Or um, after they've had sex, as soon as they've had sex, just. Both of them having Guinness. Smash a Guinness. Uh, oh, pretty much got this covered. Is there a sexy sex scene? Well, there's a post. There's a post sex scene. I've, I, I think the film's too nice to have. A, it's too no. classy to have, to have full on sex scene i think you get the illusion of yeah it's the post sex scene which is just as just as sort of mm. um sexy Make yeah, sex. obviously hollywood has this idea that anything that's not missionary with one small lamp on is just you're a crazed sex mad person if you yeah. dare do any random position that isn't just the guy on top looking into the eyes of the girl going hi hi i see your soul you know if they're not like, I'll put half a kilo of butter up my ass. Let's go. <laughs> so maybe, maybe, uh, maybe there's room for the thing is you can have a comical sex scene with the the friends with the Carrie Fisher and the mate. You know, they could be doing some whips and chains or something. I think so. I think so. I think with Carrie Fisher, you can really you can throw everything. Yeah. She, she would... The phone call scene. If they're handcuffed to each other in the phone call scene, that could be. That would be lovely. Chugging a yeah. Guinness at the same time. Uh, Here we go. Right. Is the room yep. for the throat rip from Roadhouse? No. You're going to have to explain that to me. What does that mean? <laughs> so Roadhouse is a Patrick Swayze movie uh, okay. where he's a bouncer. And I've I've had to explain this about five times oh, in the podcast. This is in your show. Yeah. Jesus, Jamie. Uh, but there's a scene in it where he's, he's fighting the big guy, the big baddie, and he just one-handed rips out his throat. Uh, and I always think any movie can be improved with that. Now, what I'd say for this is probably the karaoke, whether they're trying out the karaoke machine and his ex comes through 
if if, if just obviously I don't believe in men on women violence, but if Meg Ryan just does the throat rip to his ex, yeah. um, and use it as a microphone for the, the karaoke. Yeah. <laughs> Puts the microphone in the in the gap, so it's like one of them smokers things, you know. I'm sorry that I broke your heart, you know. Um, that moment. Oh, what else? What else could we have for the sort of throw moment? I think that's probably it. The rest of it is. Yeah, and maybe on I mean, him when he's spitting the grapes. Yeah, I was going to say the beginning when he's be- he's, and it's a real testament to Billy Crystal as well of like the way he really wins you over. Um, by the end of that film, mm. yeah, because with- I always hate that bit. And then I realized it's it's perfectly written when he says, you know, I'm I'm so dark that when I get a book, I read the end of it. So that I know I know if I die, I know what the ending was. And you're like, oh, what an arsehole. And then you're like, that is something uh, someone in their early 20s would say. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 100%. I, uh, and I, re- I remember, and also there's that really moving moment, I think, in that apartment where it's sort of the... I think he, you can see him reading and then just skipping and it comes back to it. It's not just some sort of random darky place. Like he's got this trait still, of, but there's not as much um, pleasure in it, I suppose, without mm. without her around. I, sorry, what was the question again? Uh, <laughs> that one is, uh, that's the throat rip. Oh, yeah. And I throat rip him when he was spitting so that he yeah. didn't spit. But I, I really hate him at that moment, but then you end up sort of really... Really loving him. Um, it's the same. Do you, have you watched uh, The Bear recently? I haven't watched The Bear because everyone tells me to watch The Bear. So Yeah, well, it's the Valentine's Day curse, really, isn't it? It's I've like, been an arsehole know, about it. It's really good. I watched it over Christmas. I watched both seasons. and it's um, But there is a character in that at the beginning. You just you, half, I was going to turn off him in the end. You, you're so, you know, I love that sort of redemption arc where actually the acting's so good that you are. Yeah. Oh, it's the Dr. Keep... Cox syndrome, isn't it? You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, absolutely. You, that you love. Uh, a couple more. Is there an absolute banger? Well, it, it had to be you. Frank Sinatra plays throughout When Harry Met Sally. That's kind of the theme, yes. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's an absolute banger. The whole thing is just sort of oozing with with class, music-wise. Mm. Like that. What other songs though, are... Well, even though it takes place at different times, it's a very autumnal... You you just think of the browns and the, the that tinkle of the piano of the the... The I'm trying to think of what what is it when there's someone's not speaking the the non-verbal version of it had to be you oh just like oh what would you call that yeah the um come on Jamie you're a musician just just the instrumental didn't you there we go the instrumental version I'll see if I can edit that I don't want to sound like a fucking idiot (laughs) I just have me going what do you call it uh (laughs) you just sit around I think um. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. You are right with the tunnel. I actually don't. I was going to rewatch it last night. Um, mm. did, did you find it on iPlayer, by the way? I know this is going to be. Uh, no, I realised what it was. I've got the MGM app, um, so I've got it on uh-huh. on MGM. I, I find last. I was going to watch it in bed last night. I didn't because I only really like to watch it. I do love the films. So I don't want to watch it a lot. Yeah, but I'll rewatch it around your tunnel period. Um, you know, I feel like it doesn't, I don't know why. And not that it's necessarily an autumnal film, but even on the CD, the soundtrack I'm looking at now, it's them in that park with sort of yeah. autumnal. Um, and it's got Wu-Tang Clan is on there. Um, Bay City Rollers. No, Wu-Tang Clan isn't actually on there, Jamie. Jamie's peering. <laughs> I mean, you feel like, uh, is this an edit? Oh. Um, is, there, is there a quote you can say in your wedding vows? 
I mean, this is this is the ultimate wedding vows. He's already written them, hasn't he? I think. Um, I mean, yeah, the, the sandwich. I mean, uh, the wedding vow for me would maybe just be um, the diner scene. Uh, <laughs> just a just a comment. Just like, oh, yeah. I mean, that's I mean, be, you know, it's raw, it's romantic, uh, and also yeah. it, will, it will it will be such a memorable wedding. But it's then there's his stuff. Yeah, or not. It's, um, well, you know, whatever he says, you know, I love, you know, I love that it takes an hour and a half to order a sandwich or the cream club. You know, he's he's done it all. That's exactly what you would say. It is a romantic speech. If you haven't seen it, he he, he shows up at the end and tells Meg Ryan everything that he loves about it. And a lot of them are kind of things that would annoy you. He's like, I love that it, you get cold at this temperature. I love that you don't give homeless people money. Uh, I love that, um, you know, you drink, drive, stuff like that. Um, yeah. And he, I think that's word for word. Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple more lines in there that I thought was, uh, you're high maintenance, but you think you're low maintenance. That's a good one to shout uh, at your wedding vows. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, you may be the first attractive woman I've not wanted to sleep with in my entire life. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think uh, I think that that's kind of we'd happily say. Sorry, did you have any more vows? No, no. I'm just I was trying to think about what um <laughs> I typed in. I think you might have to edit this. I typed in. I was just like, oh, what quotes are there from that? I typed in when when I had and it auto corrected my spelling. When Harry mentally quotes, and it's just Prince <laughs> Harry quotes about <laughs> And I, I started reading it. And I went, once I started doing therapy, it was like the bubble burst. And I went, I can't remember that from when Harry met. So like, <laughs> That's not a bad game to play. Is uh, is this Harry or Harry? <laughs> yes, <laughs> Harry. And it could be Harry or it, is this Harry? So it's either like Prince Harry, Harry Styles. Yeah, which Harry said this? Yeah, um, no, I, th- I, was... I think I definitely he, he's written that he's written the wedding vows for you, you know, and it yeah. is the, and then you end it on Meg Ryan's um, comic scene. Uh, so I guess or... I guess like kind of uh, in answering the question, what we'd say is the most romantic thing you can do is just, you know, reassure your partner with some devastatingly awful things that they do, and say these are actually the things I like about you. You know, I like that you slept with your brother's partner. You know, and it, yeah, yes. And it also, what's nice about this film, it's about the other person. Yeah. You know, so, you know, sometimes you, you'll get um, Hugh Grant being like, but I'm, I, you know, I, I'm awfully fumbling and I'm, I'm this and I'm bad. And it's, isn't it, it's sort of a, sometimes, well, I can recall a really sort of outward love. It's quite an inward thing. So it is, even if it is saying, I, I, all these things that you do are frustrating and annoying. But what's that, going back to Joni Mitchell, there's a song that she wrote called, I think it's We Elaine. But it's like somehow, in spite of all our troubles, our love will be everlasting. So it's already admitting that it's it's bad and it's awkward and it's troublesome and and relationships are difficult. But mm. but that is all part of it. That's why you love that person. That's why. But it's the smell. It's the smell. Um, <laughs> love smell. Sure. Smells bad. Just... Love poo poo. <laughs> I mean, there's me trying to make it all sincere. I also <laughs> love the note to end on, and you went, "Ah, eh, smell." It's the smell. <laughs> Uh, well, Jamie Finn, thank you so much for coming on and helping us with that question. Uh, thank you. Have you got anything you'd like to promote? Where can uh, our listeners hear you? And also, just while while I'm saying listeners, hello to our listeners in Japan that we picked up. Uh, oh, hello. hello to you. 
That's I, I every week I see you know what other country have we picked up, and this I think this was the first for Japan. So hi Japan. Fantastic. Hello there. Well, listen, if you want to um, come over to London, I am in, it's not not soon, but in June, I'm doing, on the, the 2nd, 3rd of June, I'm going to be at the Soho Theatre doing my show. Nobody's talking about Jamie. Um, my it's all about show. me. It's all about you. And I think, <laughs> I think, exclusively, yeah, we're going to be, I know we do, I'm doing, I'm working on an updated version uh, called Nobody's Talking About Jamie in brackets, Taylor's version. Um, nice. Very nice. So she, that's the first time I've told anyone. So this is, I suppose, an exclusive. Uh, oh, wow. Exclusive for the Best Movie 2 pod. Yes, this is. But it's, uh, I am doing that, that again. So that will be hopefully coming up sort of just as the fringe sort of appears. So we'll see. But um, but yeah, so if you please come to the Soho on the 2nd, 3rd of June, that's really what I've got to plug. Oh, yeah, and I have, I've actually seen that show. It's very, very funny. Even if you don't like arty-farty people like you, like drama student people. I'm not a drama student person. And I found the show very good. Uh, oh, that's so. Really I mean, it is it is arty farty <laughs> and interpretive dance. Um, it's it's well, a lot it's of very like, very funny. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, it's I, I think it's a it's a laugh, um, and inspired by I suppose the, the platonic love that we were talking about earlier. You know, it's that yeah. sort of Mrs. I just do a terrible Scottish accent. <laughs> Gerald Butler is also in Mrs. Brown's Mrs. Brown's the film. Mrs. Brown, you mean? <laughs> It's not Mrs. Is Browns, it? is it? Mrs. Browns is the TV show. Oh, yeah, Mrs. Mrs. Browns. Voice. Is Mrs. Browns. Oh, oh well, we, anyway. we were so smooth. We were ending so smooth. We, we really were. But anyway, that's, I, think it's, I think it's much like the rom-coms. I think it's, it's a lot better to be messy and truthful and honest than, yeah. than be selfish and seem slick when actually, you know, it's, it's not real. What a beautiful note to end on. Jamie Finn, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, have a yeah, great yeah. Valentine's Day to our listeners. Have a great Valentine's Day. Uh, and we'll see you. Bye, Jamie. Bye, Jamie. Love you. Love you too. How do we get out of this? <laughs>